Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. a thing you could do about it and you had some concern about whatever the issue was but yeah you just left that up to somebody else and then there was uh uh lord god jehovah (laughs) and i can't can't remember what one of my relatives said that though hey lord god jehovah and that was that was the kind of thing that of course you didn't say in church because that'd be blasphemous but i believe it was that same it was the husband of the of the cousin who said, "Hey, law, Lord God, Jehovah, Lord oh. God." And <laughs> and I think now about how often I drop the f bomb all the time. Yeah. I say that all the time, and I just I wonder about what those gentle, uh, good Christian folks would say uh, if they yeah. heard me describe, you know. The, it starts with the GD, and there's an MF, and there's a CS, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it ends with a word for doo-doo. Well, I, 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 doubt, that I, used. I doubt that a lot of them would know, not because they were pure as a driven snow or anything, but just because I don't think those words were used at all much, very much. No, but, certainly but, not the MF word or the CS word. Mm-mm-mm. No, uh-uh. no, no. I remember um, Dad Jim. Do you remember that? Dad Jim. Dad Jim. And Hellfire. I still say Hellfire. Hellfire Damnation. Yep. <laughs> yes, yep. yes, yes. I rem- oh, man, do I remember that. I know. All that cussing. We just grew up with all that cussing. Well, Dad, cussing. Dad Jim, though. I love that one. Dad Jim it. I still use Dad Jim to this day. I, I use Dad, Dad Jim, Jim and Hellfire. You know what the Hellfire? You, you know, and and A Law. I I have never used that one because I've had it used on me before. So hey, like no 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 just no on that. <laughs> it Lord was, have mercy. Uh, yes, that's another one. That's a, that's another one. Although I think that one's pretty universal, but Lord have mercy was often used. <laughs> well, and I, I believe I've said this on the podcast before, but my great grandmother used to say the S word. That was her little ex, ex, exclamation of whatever it was. And, and she got in so much trouble with her family. Don't be saying that's nasty. And, and my grandmother, uh, I, the first time I said that word, that, that is another word for doo-doo, um, she said, well, you've got something in your mouth I wouldn't have in my hands. <laughs> That's a good one. I often heard, you kiss your mama with that mouth. I often. Yeah. And I'm the one that says that now. Oh, do you? Yeah, I say, and especially in social media, when somebody's just being a, you know, and 
and I'll I'll go. You reckon he kisses his mama with that mouth? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a very good one. <laughs> well, well, they might have sounded gentler now. Now that we're seeing them, they may sound gentler. But back then, those things had a lot of venom. That was about as much as they could do, cuss wise, as yeah, far as I know. Anyway, there wouldn't have been hardly any crows in their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one that my mother. I made the mistake of saying that one time. I'll never make that mistake again of saying that word in front of my mother again. Which word? It starts with an S and it ends with a K. Oh, that word. Yes, ma'am. I said something about, well, that just, and my Uh oh boy, never, never again will I. And I I mean, that was what, 45 years ago, probably. But (laughs) I've been aware of that word ever since then, because she had a strong reaction to it. But she can. She was the mama. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, my family had a strong reaction to that word. I think not because of the word itself, but because that was a word that Yankees and New Yorkers used. Because that was like cultural cussing appropriation. (laughs) And they didn't want you sounding like, they didn't care what you said. They just didn't want you sounding like a damn Yankee. Oh, we didn't go that far. Actually, I don't recall us even saying anything like that because my grandpa was a damn Yankee. He was a damn Yankee because he started out up there and moved down there. So he wasn't just a Yankee. He was the damn Yankee. (laughs) Well, now, the way I know that is a Yankee is somebody who lives above the Mason-Dixon line. A damn Yankee is somebody who comes down here but goes home. And a GD Yankee is somebody who comes down here, buys property, and stays. Oh. So he was really a GD. Yeah, I guess so. Man. Oh, well. He he didn't know that. He did not know that. It's not like it's a rule. Uh Uh-uh. He wouldn't have cared anyway. So. (laughs) Well, I mean. He knew his place down there. He he worked his butt off for the people down there and, you know, volunteered with the, the ambulance. What is it? Rescue squad, I guess. That's uh-huh. What yeah. And where, where, where was he from? Someplace in Pennsylvania. Or, uh, you know, I honestly could be wrong about that. It may be that he'd be, he was stationed there in Pennsylvania and then came down here. But he married in Pennsylvania. Uh, and, yeah, and then he came home unexpectedly from leave from you know on leave, and he went to his home where he had two small boys, and his wife was either gone or passed out. She was a drinker, and his child, one of his children, the older boy, told him a story about they were climbing in the shelves because they wanted to get something to eat because Mama was taking a nap, and the youngest boy fell, and he hit his head, and he took a nap for a while. Oh, my gosh. So my grandpa packed up those children, and he moved to uh, Johnson City, I think it was, instantly. Oh, my God. He divorced his wife. He kept the kids. And uh, he eventually married my grandma. And my grandma welcomed those two kids into the family. And they were raised as part of the family. And then my grandma had five or three kids. 
herself. So there were five children, uh, five children, two adults. And for at least half that time, there was one uh, mother that was living there and one father that was living there. And they had one bathroom. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Can you imagine that nowadays? But it's so nice to hear that, you know, what we call a blended family now, because, you know, back in the day, people often were taken in, you know, a, a, one of their siblings, children or mm-hmm. a neighbor child whose parents got sick or died or run off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the stories are, don't end well. But right. so it's nice. It's nice when they do. And you can think about all those people, you know, you put another tater in the pot. Well, we had the next one that comes in. We we had somebody like that in my family. I might have talked about it on the podcast. I can't remember at this point. But uh, one of my relatives brought her home in a shoebox on the bus. Oh. And they she would sleep in a dresser drawer. She was tiny. And when she grew up. You know, she stayed in the family and she was raised as one of us and she was tiny as a grown up, too. (laughs) And the thought, the wondering thought is, did she actually belong to somebody? Maybe that's why this relative left town was to have a child anonymously or something. But I don't know. And I will probably never know. There's a lot of family secrets in my family. Yeah, there's things like that that, you know, you hear the story of, but sometimes there's just no way to prove any of it. Right. Right. And, of course, I would I would hear these stories when they would talk. And and so the stories would not be filled in. They just kind of forget that I was around and, and have their discussions. And so they wouldn't fill in the blanks or give me any details. And for whatever reason, I didn't ask. And now I sort of regret that. And I have been considering a DNA test because of it. Oh, I think that's a good idea. You know, we've got the thing in my family that I had a half sister 10 years older than me. So I'm in contact with her son and um, and his family. And um, and he did that DNA because we're trying to figure out who his grandfather was. Yeah. Who my mother had this child with. So that's been really interesting. And he'll come up with somebody, you know, that matches 40% of his DNA or something. I goes, well, maybe that's who it is. Hmm. And then I said, well, how in the world could she have met him? So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It's interesting. Maybe one of these days we'll, we'll get to hear it from him after we've moved to the great beyond or, or more likely it just won't be that important <laughs> at that you point. You know, that's probably exactly right. Yeah. It, it'll be something that we just go, huh? Remember we used to talk about that? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it will. I think about that more often than you would know, and especially now I am older, I think about that stuff. Just things yeah. like that. The older I get, the more I think about it. <laughs> well, and my my grandmother, I had cousins who would come and talk to my grandmother because she was the youngest of a very large family, so she was like the last keeper of all those secrets. And she she just wasn't going to give them up. So I remember my cousin came and was talking about a particular family member. And then she left and my grandmother was nice as pie. And, oh, so good to see you. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. And then and later my grandma said, well, but but really that that child is not in the family because 
uh, that child was a, a Kumba chance that was born after its daddy was dead. And daddy had been dead for, you know, two or three years. <laughs> Very oh. long pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. That's a real long pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, it was such a stigma to it. So much oh, more no. than now. I, I, I imagine there is a stigma now still, but yeah. nothing like it used to be. Nothing like it used to be. Oh, it's Unless heartbreaking. You're, it's heartbreaking. It is, mm-hmm. it is. Unless you just got a very functional family as opposed to what I think most people have, which is a dysfunctional family. <laughs> 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 I mean, really, people have this. <laughs> well, you hear that crazy stuff, you know, back even one or two generations, you just think, huh, traditional family values. That's what we want to return to over that. All right. I think I'll stay where I am. Thank you very much. Yeah, boy, did you say a mouthful right then. Man. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Families, uh, they all have their secrets. They all have their secrets. Yeah, and they, I think they forget sometimes the bad stuff or it becomes just sort of family mythology. Yeah. But if you look at it, sometimes it repeats generation after generation. Yeah, it does. And that's a, that's a hard thing. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was interviewed by somebody from a college yesterday, and we were talking about Appalachian mental health. And I told her that my family, my cousin and I had done a lot of family research, and we, uh, we have alcoholism that gallops uh, all over the family. We are, yeah. we are a bunch of alcoholics, but she and I determined that really we're a bunch of people with depression. Uh-huh. And that the only way they knew how to treat any kind of thing like that was by just drinking. Mm-hmm. So, so alcoholism was the byproduct of, of a, a depressive personality or, or having depression. Well, and back then, I imagine they didn't even use that term very much, did they? No, I think they talked about feeling low. He was low or she was low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and they tell me to pray. You know, yeah. they said, "Well, you need to go to church more often. You need to pray. You need to ask the Lord for forgiveness, and then ask the Lord to take your burdens on Him." I'm sorry, but what can I say? <laughs> All that is just that—that that kind of a sentence is set up to make you feel incompetent. Because, yes. I mean, okay, and codependent. I would hate to oh, think yeah. that the only way I could get any relief from my problems would be if a big man in the sky who didn't actually give a shit about me uh, decided to have mercy and, <laughs> and, and, you know, take care of my problem for me. I'd rather take care of my problems myself yeah. than, than yeah. rely on that. <laughs> what can well, you say? I, I, did a, I did a reading for somebody today, and uh, she said, my problem is I just... I feel like there's all these strings and I'm supposed to hold all that stuff together and I just can't grab hold of the strings and they and they fly out of my hands. And and I said, well, it's because we're not any one of us supposed to hold all the strings. I mean, that's the whole thing about real community is that I got three strings and you got three strings and that girl over there's got three strings and that fellow over there's got strings. And and we come together and then we make a loom out of that. We are the loom, but we can't. We, we're supposed to do it all. 
Yeah, we're not supposed to take it all on ourselves. Uh-huh. We all uh-huh. have that relative who does. You know, uh-huh. I, I do believe now, and I never really thought about it before, but I do believe probably depression ran in my family too. Probably. Yeah. My, well, I think I think Scots Irish people tend to have quite a bit of that. Probably. My grandmother was agoraphobic by the end of her life. And I remember I remember watching it get worse and worse through the years. When I, you know, my first memories, I remember riding in a car with my grandma where she was driving. And if you can imagine Miss Daisy driving, that was my grandma. (laughs) She'd be about 10 miles an hour. She'd just drive on through these intersections because she was afraid to hit the brakes. So she'd beep the horn and just drive on through. There comes Miss Nellie in, in the big old giant car. And she really drove about 10 or 15 miles an hour, no joke. And and I never, <laughs> then shortly after that, she got to where she wouldn't grocery shop. She just didn't go out anywhere. Now, but she would get up every day of her life and put her makeup on as if she was going to a ladies luncheon or something. You know, huh. she would. She would be perfectly coiffed, perfectly made up. And ready for the townsfolk to come in because they would all come to her for whatever it was they needed. But she didn't go out much. She'd go see her sisters. Huh. Mm-hmm. It was about I wonder what, wonder what leads you to that, to that place. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a generational thing. My great-grandma, her mom, I remember her for a little, and she didn't seem to be that. She didn't seem to have agoraphobia. But I also, I don't know. But my grandma worried about everything. And I remember one time she told me, she said, don't you worry about anything? And I said, no. Why would I want to? And she said, well, if I didn't have anything to worry about, I think that would probably worry me. (laughs) (laughs) it's like an endless feedback loop yeah i'll never forget that because that for some reason that conversation has always stood out to me because she was serious when she said that and so here's this woman who had previously held jobs and raised five kids and wife of the mayor and all of that and she didn't want to leave her house anymore so it was interesting very interesting she was still social though don't you kind of feel like that like golly i just want to go home stay home uh yeah quite often but but whether i do or not is a different thing i usually don't (laughs) but it's pleasant in my house i know where everything is here (laughs) i've got my favorite chair to sit in yeah um yeah and right now people are just they're just in a world of hurt and there's a lot to worry about Mm -hmm. so if you are prone to anxiety or worry or there's plenty to choose from my recommendation if if you are and probably everybody is would be to find a support group that's a real one yeah one of these bs groups you know no a real support group where you can yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's my recommendation. And to, and don't worry about <laughs> I'm telling the worrying person not to worry, but 
don't worry about a stigma attached to being in a support group or having a therapist. Yeah. But you know, there still is there's still that stigma in there. Mm-hmm. There is. Especially, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's especially, but mountain folks for years have had the, oh no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see a therapist. Well, why's it a waste of money? <laughs> well, stubborn independence has something yeah. to do with it too. You don't admitting weakness that has something to do with it too. When people who are in survival mode, one of the ways yeah. they survive is by being the biggest person on the block or whatever. They don't want to admit anything. So I get it. I get it. But there comes a point where you need to be practical about stuff. And we were talking about self care. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I reckon a lot of people, um, they still don't understand that a mental illness is an illness, like yeah. a physical illness. Yeah. You don't blame somebody because they broke their leg. Mm-mm. Yeah. Although well, I'm sad. Depends on how they broke their leg. Maybe you do blame them. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I get sad for I'm sad for my bass player right now. He broke his arm. The, oh uh, no! Yeah, compound fracture. It came right out of the skin. Oh mm-hmm. no! Yeah. Well, a good friend, a good friend of mine, Mama Gina, uh, fell and shattered her left arm. Oh, two cool. places I think below oh. the elbow, and she did something else to her elbow. But she is doing oh. real well. She had surgery, and she's doing really good f- physical therapy. So she'll come back. Your bass player yeah. will be fine, but it'll just he take will. a while. Well, he he had surgery too, and he is a physical therapist. <laughs> so. Oh, well, that's good. So he knows what not to do and what to do. Hopefully, hopefully he'll do what he should do. But uh, from what I understand, physicians and nurses are the worst patients. I would have to agree with that too, because anything my mom doesn't want to do, she will not hesitate to tell me. Well, I I I'm the nurse. You know, I have. She, <laughs> Can you say at that? Point? Your mama, I swear, she is one tough little bird. She's a pistol. That she was, she's a pistol. a pistol. She doesn't know. She doesn't realize, or maybe she does, but she she had those doctors running scared about half the time. They still remember her, and it's been twenty years now. I, I mean, honestly, I have people who come up to me in the. Every now and then, it doesn't happen all that often, but they'll recognize me because of my hair and they'll come up and say something to me about mom and give me some story about her and stuff. So she was evidently she was a pistol at the hospital, too. (laughs) Well, Miss Alicia, I reckon uh, I need to go make some supper. Oh, well, what are we having? Well, I don't know. What do you want? Hmm. If I could have anything, it would be a summer tomato right now. Oh, girl. Oh, don't start me on that. Oh, yeah. it hurts me. It's been a craving. No joke. So, okay. So not a summer tomato. Imagine, do you have any of that salad left over? I do. You want some salad? Salad sounds good to me. It's got all kinds of greens from the garden, including spinach. And then it's got some other lettuce and uh, little tiny baby radishes and onion in it. I I saw a picture that you posted today of some baby radishes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they look so good. I love them little babies so much. I've been known to just wipe them off on the seat of my pants and eat them just like that. 
Me too. Depending on the radish. Yep, me too. Yep. I just love them. Can't get oh, enough of them. Well, I look forward to hearing all about your garden this year. And that's the truth. Well, it's so far so good. I'll put some more tomatoes in and a pepper or two. Maybe an eggplant. Plant Mr. some okra seed, you know. Mm-hmm. Mr. Stripey is a good tomato. It's been around it for a, a while. Tomato. Yeah, yep. it's a good grower. Um, it I've, is. Got, uh, I've got mortgage lifter already in and uh, one other old tomato in. I can't remember what it is right now. Oh, uh, John, German Johnson. Ah, so, you know, I know they call them grape tomatoes now, but we always used to call them Tommy Toes. Uh-huh. Do, do, do you ever plant those? I, sometimes. I, I mean, they will run long after the other tomatoes have stopped producing, so it's good to have one, but I haven't put one in yet. Maybe I will. I don't know. No, oh, yeah, I love them. We used to eat them like candy. Just grab yeah, them. Uh, oh, I love too, them. Me too. They're, they're okay in a salad. Well, yeah. So, uh, so that sounds good. Are you in berry gathering mode yet? Because it's almost strawberry. Oh times. no, not yet. I've got strawberries on my strawberry plants, but they're not red yet. They're just little, little bitty guys. We used to always go get the strawberries down in South Carolina because it seemed like they were really better than the ones in North Carolina. Sorry, but. Well, and they're ready sooner. You know, Mm -hmm. we're getting South Carolina strawberries now, Mm -hmm. but North Carolina strawberries won't be ready for a while. Did you ever. June is always strawberry month to me. Want strawberry month right now. I want tomato month anyway. Tomato month. Tomato month. August is always tomato month. Oh my God, yes. I don't know why I've been on such a tomato kick, but I was thinking about tomato sandwiches and just Mm. all the stuff. All the stuff. All of it. The delicious stuff. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to get off the phone and take a nap before supper starts. I'll probably dream about tomatoes. Oh, I love that. Will they be dancing around, have happy little faces? Yes, they would. They'd be so cute dancing around, and then I'll just go home and eat them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Miss Alicia, it's always good to talk to you. You too. Thank you for taking my mind off the world today. Just for a few minutes. Yeah, that's all We'll get back to fretting about that later. Yeah, we will. Oh, one thing, and I meant to tell, did you ever have anybody garden? I meant to ask you this earlier. Who would wear a newspaper hat? Have you ever seen that? I have seen that. I didn't know anybody that ever did that, though. I don't know how they did it, but the newspaper would like stick out a way for a pretty good ways out. Anyway, oh well, we'll think about some other stuff like that. I'm sure as the day goes on. I know we will. All right, you take <laughs> care of yourself, okay? You too. I will. Bye I now. Bye. Hey, I hit pause on that. Was the hell? It's like an hour and 20 minutes right there. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.
W-Y-R-D Radio.